And I'm not going to lie, the first time I heard your podcast, I was offended. I was like, absolutely not. I could never not do all the things I do for my stepkids. <laughs> this is not going to happen. And then within a couple months, because I still kept listening, because I was like, maybe she's on to something. I was like, oh my God, they're not my kids. <laughs> they're not my kids. You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things step family related, real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Hey, David. Hey. Tonight, I will be on the Step Family Network. Oh, is that like on Netflix? No. (laughs) What is that on? It's the Step Family Network with Charlene Roberts. Oh. You know, she talks to all the stepmom coaches and peoples. Okay. And I'm on there with Heidi Farrell and Sarah Susoff. So you're on there tonight as we're recording or tonight as this airs? Tonight as in Friday, September the 25th. Okay. 6 p.m. Mountain Time. All right. So how do I catch it? Go to the stepfamilynetwork.com and sign up. It's free. Sweet. So if I don't get enough of you at home, I can watch you on the Step Family Network. Yeah, I was really nervous starting off because, you know, I don't do well without you beside me. Oh, darling. Yeah, so my intro kind of stinks. Oh, I'm sure it's good. No, it's not. You'll tell me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure it's okay. But I did enjoy chatting with the ladies. Mm -hmm. Too bad we didn't record the beginning or the ending of our chat um, because we were laughing hysterically. Yeah, usually a pretty good idea not to record the endings of a lot of these conversations. Yes. All right. So you want to get to getting talking about this chick we got on here today? Yeah, we'll start there. And uh, I don't know. Might rant about something. Who knows? We have stepmom Courtney. She's been blending for three years, four stepkids, and two different bio moms. Mm. Yeah. The best advice she ever received, they are not your kids. <laughs> but wait, I love those kids. But she has good relationships with her stepkids. Oh, that's good. But she knows when those teenage years come, she might need to nacho. <laughs> How old are they? Or we have to learn that in the interview. Nine, eight, four, and three. Oh, there's a twist with the three-year-old, though. What's that? I'm not telling. It's it's part of the it's so, part of the juice. So the the good thing is they're not all hitting teenagers at the same time. But the bad news is, by the time you get one, you know, kind of figured out, the next one hits, and then the next one hits. <laughs> well, you've got the nine and the eight-year-old, right? And then you'll have four years before yeah, the next one hits to recover. Yeah. Oh, by then, you're a pro. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, those are um, interesting years for most people. Well, there is a warning to people in this podcast interview, and it's basically to make sure your court order is black and white. No gray areas. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Because they had it set up that the parents split like extracurricular activities. The daughter's gymnastics 
was $700 a month. Holy cow. So before you know it, so before you know it, Biomom says they owe her $58,000. Oh, my goodness. Yes. That's crazy. Yes. Oh, wow. Well, there's some more twists to the story. Mm. I'm not going to tell you too much, but I will say that it's unfortunate that the judge did not even question the $58,000. Huh. Yeah. Mm. Wow. That blows my mind. Yes. She felt like they couldn't continue the court battle because of the money involved. Mm -hmm. So they kind of had to settle. And part of the settlement was he lost time with the kids in order for the bio mom to write off the debt. Hmm. So she feels like he had to sell his kids. Man. <laughs> yeah. That's that's not good. Yeah. Mm. It's a very interesting conversation. I enjoyed speaking with Courtney, and I feel like that Courtney is going to take her experience and use it to help others in the future. Yeah. I would imagine that... Um there should be a lot there to to help people. That's a that's a terrible thing to have to go through. Mm-hmm. I got one more thing to tell you. All right. Courtney was a stepdaughter herself. Okay. So she knew what she was getting into. No. <laughs> but she has a relationship with her stepmom, but not really her bio dad. Huh. That's mm-hmm. interesting. The stepmom sneaks to talk to her. Uh-uh. Mm-hmm. What? So is stepmom still married to bio dad? Yep. Wow. He can't know. <laughs> and he can't know? He can't know that they talk because he would not be happy. Okay. Yep. Wow. Just listen. I'm going to. This gets good, y'all. <laughs> All right. Let's not uh, let's not waste any time and go ahead and jump into this one. But first, a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit nachokidsacademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's nachokidsacademy.com. Today, we have stepmom Courtney. Hey, Courtney, how are you? I'm well, how are you? Good. So tell us a little bit about your blend. How long have you been blending? Um, it's been about three years. Um, my husband and I are going to celebrate our two-year anniversary, um, actually a month from today. And um, But we've, we had been together. We actually had one of those crazy uh, relationships. We got engaged six months after we started dating. And we were married about nine months after that. So it, it went fast. So I'd say we've been blending almost the whole time we've known each other. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. So how many stepkids do you have? Um, I have four. I have a stepdaughter that's nine and then three stepsons that are eight, almost five, and almost three. Wow. Yeah. And do you have any bio kids? I don't. No, I don't have any bio kids. And no hours kids? Nope. Girl. None of my own. <laughs> Ooh, I know this had to be fun for you. 
Oh, yeah. It, it's been a learning experience. Now, how often do you have the stepkids? So our custody schedule, for, for my youngest stepson, he has a different mother than the other three. Um, we have him every other weekend. And then for the older three, um, when I met my husband, it was 50-50 every other week. Um, and they've been fighting for over custody and child support the entire time I've known my husband. Um, so for the last three years, it's, it's, she wants more custody, uh, more child support. And obviously my husband wants more custody, less child support. Right. Um, so they finally just settled in mediation, um, about a month and a half ago that we were going to go to, uh, my husband and I were going to have 70%, which in our case looked like Thursday through Monday, every other week. Um, and we essentially had to exchange that because, so the way that our child support was set up, we, my husband had to pay a, a set amount every month. And then in addition to that, are you, are you familiar with what a pro rata share is? No. So he had to pay 76% of any of anything to do with the children. That includes their private school, daycare, any extracurricular activities, sports, anything like that. He had to pay 76% of it. And BioMom could basically, at her discretion, just sign the kids up for whatever and charge him. Oh, no. Yeah. So in addition to the child support payment he was, he was paying, which he has never been late on you know, in, in, since they've been divorced, um, he was also getting a bill straight from BioMom that was from anywhere between usually like $1,500 and $2,500 a month, um, which we absolutely could not afford. So when they went to mediation um, a month and a half ago, Biomom was saying that my husband owed her $58,000. Oh my gosh. Over the course of the last, I think it was like two and a half years or so. So essentially we had to um, settle and that's how we ended up with reduced custody because otherwise we were going to have to figure out a way to pay her $58,000. So we were able to get the pro rata share completely away. There's no, we don't have that anymore at all. Um, child support was also lowered. And um, so, I mean, we're, we're financially free of her. She can't, she can't just sign the kids up for things willy nilly and, and charge us anymore. But I know that it's going to be really hard on the kids to not be with us 50% of the time. Um, but that that whole the the new custody arrangement was actually supposed to begin um, August thirteenth, and so far we've actually had the kids more than fifty fifty this whole time. Um, I think that it's it's really a control thing. I'm not sure that she really even wants the kids um, more than fifty percent of the time. Um, so as of the 13th, so, so right now we're, the schedule used to be, we would switch every Friday. We'd have them Friday to Friday. Mm -hmm. Our Friday would have, well, actually now it would have been this Thursday would have been ours, but my mom had um, a surgery today. So we've actually got the kids, I think for 11 days straight this, this week. And this is supposed to be the first week that we have them only four. So it, it's been a weird start, weird start to it. So what percentage are you supposed to be getting them now? I think it's supposed to be 30. 30%. Yeah, it's it's four days every other week. So like eight days a month. Okay, which is what I call the old-fashioned visitation plan because it used to be every other weekend and, you know, a week during the summer or whatever. Um, my son does that every other weekend with his dad. 
Mm-hmm. So it's still four days a month. Yeah. So ours will be ours will be eight because it's like an extended weekend every other. It's the it's we get them on Thursday after school and then we take them to school on Monday. Okay. So, but they still have no idea. We have not talked to them about it, and we are absolutely terrified. They don't know. Nope. I mean, we the plan was to you know to tell them right before right before the the custody the new custody you know the third the August thirteenth whenever it it became a thing. Um. You but then bio mom set up her surgery and and now we actually have them more than than we we're supposed to and I think that that would have been really confusing for them so and we've just been going back and forth with their therapists trying to figure out what to say because on one hand you know we don't want them to think that we want to provide a united front with bio mom but but we also don't want the kids to think that we were okay with with giving up time with them um, and then the therapist has also said that if we tell them the truth, that this was not at all what we wanted to, but we were financially strong-armed, um, that that they're going to resent their mom and then that's going to create issues, you know, in their relationship. And I, I want them to have a good, we, we both want them to have a good relationship with their mom. But we also don't really want them to to think that their their mom's in charge of everything, which they, I think they, they I think they do think that, that, that mom gets to decide everything. But here's the thing is the way I look at it is there's the truth and then there's trying to sugarcoat life for mom. I mean, I know these kids are young or, you know, for the most part, the definitely the five-year-old, almost five-year-old is. Yeah, definitely. And I've always been a proponent of telling my son the truth. And that's what we're leaning towards right now. Yeah. And I mean, you can say it in a way that it's not completely bashing the mom but it's the facts right the you know the problem is it goes so much deeper than 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 what i just told you i mean I said, what, what what led up to all of this was that um bio mom decided she wanted to have a social investigation done which anybody any any uh parent can request um but it has to be done on both sides so when she requested a social investigation on us that meant that she had to submit to one herself um, so she spent $15,000 where her family spent $15,000 uh, on this investigation. It, it took place over the course of about six months. And um, it involved interviewing the kids, interviewing my husband and I, uh, doing home visits, therapy visits. I mean, it was like a whole, it was, it was a lot. Mm-hmm. But it was the first time that we ever got to um, submit any sort of evidence um, against Biomom because she's so good at making herself the victim and making my husband the enemy that I feel like we've never really gotten a fair trial. We've never really gotten, we've never been heard. Mm-hmm. So when we met this, this woman, this social investigator, she actually listened to us. She, she took into account all the evidence and everything um, that we showed her. And we, we, we were like, this is the best thing ever. We finally have someone to listen to us. Um, so she, she writes the report and it wasn't nearly as scathing as we thought it was going to be. I mean, the way she was talking, she's like, I'm going to destroy this woman. You know, it's she, I'm going to, well, she didn't say those words. Her exact words were, Biomon is not going to be happy with my report. Mm-hmm. We're basically going to expose her. So the report comes out and she, she, she honestly didn't take sides. She kind of, she kind of said that there, there were several different, um, different topics and she would say who was the better parent in each topic and she said my husband was a better parent on all topics except for one and that one had something to do with um being able to keep up with 
who the kids' teachers and coaches and everything are. Um, but so she essentially said my husband was a better parent. And that, that, um, that report would have gone to trial if we had not settled in mediation. And, uh, but we can't afford to go to trial. Actually, plot twist, bio mom's aunt and grandfather have, uh, have been paying for our lawyers this entire time, her own family. Say that one more time to make sure I got it. Bio mom's aunt and grandfather are paying for our lawyer and have been for the last two years. Paying for your lawyer? For our lawyer. And she has no idea. Wow. I know. And if she were to find out, it would be World War III and their family. They have a prestigious family. They're friends with the judge. Her father was in the House of Representatives. They're like the good old boys in our town. Uh-huh. So it's also very hard to kind of get someone to listen to you when you're up against that. Right. Um, but anyway, so we, we, the, the, uh, go, taking, if we hadn't settled mediation, going to trial would have been probably another $10,000, our lawyer said, and, and we couldn't ask that of by a mom's aunt, you know, after she's been helping us out like this for two years. So um, we basically, ha- and the, the magistrate who was in the, in the uh, mediation, you know, told by a mom, there's a chance if, if all this evidence, if this report goes to trial, there's a chance you could actually lose custody. Mm-hmm. So she knew she had to settle right then, which is why she dropped the $58,000 and the pro rata share and everything because she didn't want it to go to trial either. We couldn't afford it to go to trial and she didn't want it to because then, you know, a lot of what she'd been doing would have would have come out. And I mean, we have no way of knowing what would have happened in that trial, but I have a feeling that either nothing would have changed or we would have been given more custody. You know, that's the thing with the whole court system and I've talked about it a good bit. It's a roll of the dice. You never know what's going to happen. It's based on the judge's interpretation of things. Mhm how well your lawyer defends you and says things that they should that are important and the judge's own personal experience. And they, I mean, they don't get to know you. They only know what the lawyer has 10 minutes to tell them about you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we had been really fed up with our judge for a long time before we ever, I don't don't know if you, if you've ever heard of this, but there's actually websites where you can look up your judge and see, and there are reviews about him or her. And our judge, in every review, it basically says that he tears families apart and that he um, always sides with the woman. And so whenever we read that, we cried with relief because we were like, it's not just us. It's not just, you know, because we were starting to think that we, we were so convinced that everything, that the court system would, would, that everything would work out, that we were starting to think that we were the terrible people. Right. So hearing that, hearing that other people had had the exact same experience was such a relief. Yeah. So how does your husband feel about losing time with his kids? I mean, he's, he's really sad about it. Um, I think he's more, more worried about them than he's worried about his own feelings in the situation. I, I think that when they find out what's going on, they're going to be like genuinely heartbroken, which is why we're trying to kind of ease it into a, We've we've kind of settled on when we do talk with them about it, which will have to be you know next week or so, that we're going to stick with a, uh, you know my husband works out of town sometimes, so and I'm going to be I'm in nursing school and so my schedule is kind of erratic, so it's just this is a best this is what's best for everything mm-hmm. or everyone and that it won't be forever because I I don't think it will be for forever I think that um, a lot can happen in the next fourteen years. Oh, yeah. A lot can happen in the next six minutes. Right. 
Well, I also think with, with bio mom's history, um, a lot could happen with her. She's, she's got some emotional and mental and addiction issues. Um, so I know that it, it can, things can switch really fast. And so I don't want the kids to think it's permanent. And also they're going to get to that age eventually where they can choose. Now, what is that age in the state that you're in? We don't have one. It's actually, um, they say that it's, it's the judge just has to deem the child mature enough to make that decision. But they usually, they say that a judge usually won't even entertain the idea if the child is younger than 12, but there's no like legal age. Right. Because we went through that here. Um, there is no quote, quote, legal age, like you said, but the child doesn't even get to talk to the judge. They assign a guardian ad litem which is the representation for the child. And then they can tell the judge what the child has said and what the child wishes. Really? Mm -hmm. So there's no direct contact between child and judge? No. Oh, wow. At least not in my county. And it's really, um, it's really sad if you ask me, because then you've got kids that don't want to go to the other parent, but they have to because the court order or you'd go to jail. Right. Yeah. But at the same time, if your 16-year-old decides he's not going to dad's and dad makes you go to court for contempt of court for not bringing the child to visitation or whatever, you know, what would a judge do? Who knows? It's another one of those who knows. But, you know, they're not big on talking to the kids. They really don't. um, I think they said that they'll take into consideration their wishes when they're 15 or 16. Oh, wow. It's that late? Yes. Oof. Yeah, because they don't want the kid going, well, I don't want to live at my mom's. And the reason being because she has chores and they have responsibility and she has rules. You know, I'd rather go live with my dad because he lets us do whatever we want. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, and that's a hard place to put the child in anyway. I agree because, you know, you've got that loyalty, that loyalty bind. And, and I don't think I know my stepkids. I mean, they love their mother. They, they would never speak an ill word against her. And I think that even if they did want to be with us full time, they would have a serious problem being able to communicate that just because they wouldn't, they don't want to hurt her feelings. Right. And I don't blame them. I can't imagine having, I can't imagine being put on the spot. I'm a stepkid myself and, and having to, to decide that. Right. Maybe bio mom will still let y'all have on more than the 30%. That's exactly what I think. In fact, my husband and I have made bets about it because I really think that this is more an issue of control than it is an issue of custody. So I think that, I mean, like I said, thus far, we've actually had them more than we're supposed to than less. And while that is because of the surgery, I think that that's going to continue to be a theme. Um, I I think that it will be branded as a favor uh-huh. to us, you know, but I think that... Um, I don't think much will change. And in the beginning, when we first got this news, when I first found out what my husband had agreed to at mediation, I was like, we were anxiety ridden for weeks trying to figure out what we were going to say. And now I don't think that it's going to be that devastating of, a, of news if we frame it in a way that it's not that big of a change. Because at the end of the day, it's not. It's, it's I mean, it's six days less a month. And with technology today... Your husband can FaceTime or whatever with them. Yeah, exactly. If the bio mom allows that, of course. She does. She, you know, it's crazy, Lori. I, ever since this 
I am not kidding you when I say this woman ruled our lives and was the bane of our existence for years. I mean, it was hundreds of texts and emails and calls over and over and over again. The day we got back from our honeymoon, she called, I think it was 150 times in like two or three hours. Then she went to bed and started the next day at 630. And it was the same thing half the day. Um, and that is not uncommon. I remember it took over a hundred emails just to figure out plans for Halloween, which were laid out in the parenting plan, by the way. Um, it's, it's a fight over everything. I mean, schooling activities and, and she'll, you know, she'll, she'll do things that I feel like are specifically to spite my husband. Mm -hmm. So, so she's, I think been, been the main problem, but ever since this mediation, I, I, it is like a complete 180. She is cordial, nice. She doesn't blow up my husband's phone anymore. She, I'm, so this is a good example. I remember last year, my husband is really into baseball. He wanted to um, sign one of the boys up for uh, baseball and be the coach of his team. So she spoke to bio mom, he spoke to bio mom about this and, she, and he had already signed him up. And she basically was like, no, he's doing soccer. And he, he's never liked soccer by the way. So. She signs him up for soccer and my husband was basically just, I mean, he, he just had, he, you have to let some of these things go. I mean, we can't make everything a fight with someone like this. Right. So anyway, just a couple of days ago, he gets an email from Biomom saying, Hey, um, baseball, baseball signups are in a week and Luke wants you to be his coach. What do you think about that? And it's like blowing our mind. I mean, it is, I, I've never seen a change like this. So like I said, um, my uh, bio mom's aunt has been paying for a lawyer. So my husband often, he's kind of a jack of all trades. So he goes over and, and you know, remodels her kitchen, does yard work and stuff for her whenever he gets a chance. Uh, and he went over there a couple weeks ago and found out, lo and behold, for the first time in three years, she has a boyfriend. <laughs> and I could not be happier because I really think, I don't think it's winning and mediation that that got us to this point i really think that it's that she's got something else to occupy her time and she has that feeling of being cared for you know i mean that does that makes a world of difference in people's lives and i'm genuinely happy for her oh yeah i'm sure you are because her focus is no longer you and your husband it's her boyfriend exactly exactly and you know it's it's crazy because whenever i first met my husband and he and i met at work and so he would bring his kids into work occasionally. Like if, you know, they got sick, he had to bring them to work or whatever. So I met them well before we were ever even dating. So it wasn't one of those situations where when do I introduce my girlfriend to my kids? Because I already knew them mm -hmm. through work. But uh, I remember bio mom getting upset because she claimed that uh, she and my husband had an agreement where they're going to introduce their new girlfriend or boyfriend to each other, like pretty much right off the bat, which... I don't know about you, but if the minute my, my then boyfriend and I decided dating and he's like, Hey, time to go meet the ex-wife. I'd have been like, absolutely not. No, no way. But she got, she got pretty upset about that at the time. And, um, you know, that, that, that I, I hadn't been introduced to her. Um, so, but now, you know, she's got a boyfriend and we had no idea about him and, and he's already spending the night at the house with the kids and watching them unsupervised. So you know, do as I say, not as I do. Oh yeah. But I mean, the, the, the rest of her family seems to think he's a good guy. So it doesn't worry me that he's around the kids at all. Um, but I know, I also know that I'm, I'm fairly certain, um, 
but he's quite a bit older than her too. I, um, we, we found out his name. My husband looked him up online and, and if he's the right first and last name that we looked up, the only one in St. Augustine, he's like 62 years old. Oh my gosh. I know. And, uh, and she's in her like late thirties, I think, which is also funny because my husband and I have an age gap. He's nine and a half years older than me. And one of bio mom's favorite insults over the last few years has always been that I'm a child. So it's, it's kind of funny now that the tables have turned, you know, with a, a rather large age gap on, on her and her boyfriend's part. But you sure you didn't look up the wrong person and that you found the daddy and not the son or something? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm actually pretty positive, you know, because you, you know, on Facebook, it tells someone where you work. Well, we know where he works and that lines up, the name lines up the, I mean, I'm, we're, I'm like 99.9% positive that it's him wow. plus her her family has told us information yeah so and you can find anything on the internet that is true now you said that her aunt and grandfather were paying for your attorney's fees and stuff were they mm -hmm. okay with the agreement y'all came to or did they think you should have kept fighting for more time or her grandfather actually passed away about i want to say it was six or seven months ago um, so he never got to see the end of the fight. So he has no idea. Uh -huh. Um, but I know that the, the aunt, I think she, I mean, considering that I, I don't think she would have been willing to throw us another 10 grand to take this to trial. I think that she realizes that it is what it is. It's, it's not always going to be this way. Uh -huh. She is upset that we essentially lost and that we essentially had to sell the children. Right. You know, it, it all came down to being financially strong-armed in our case. And while, yeah, it sucks, I, I think she understands that we can't keep, we, we don't have the money to keep fighting this. And she doesn't either at this point. Right. So there's really nothing, nothing else that we could have done. Um, and like we keep telling ourselves, it's only six days less a month, six days less a month. Yeah, and that's true. And if you look at it at that perspective, it's not as bad. Right. Yeah. yeah. As far as you were talking about the pro-rata stuff. Mm -hmm. We do that with medical bills, but like anything as far as extracurricular activities, it would have to be agreed upon. Well, that's what our parental plan said, but it never mattered. And that's the, that's the kind of thing I'm talking about where she, you know, uh, my stepdaughter, her gymnastics is $700 a month. Excuse me? Yeah. So bio mom would sign her up for this, charge us the, I don't know, 500, whatever our quote, quote unquote share was of it. Um, and my husband would, would tell her over and over again, I don't agree to this. I'm not paying for gymnastics. And she would take the, the very first time she took us to court of this pro rata share, she handed the magistrate and I wasn't there. This is just what my husband's telling me, um, handed the magistrate, the basically, a uh, um, uh, a total of what she said he, he owed her, which at that time was like $20,000. They were in there for, it was a 15 minute hearing and the, the magistrate didn't even look at what the list of costs were and slapped my husband with it. Girl. It doesn't matter that he never agreed to any of this. It doesn't matter how much money it is a month looking at both their financial histories. It was just, yep, you're responsible for it. So luckily by the time it got up to $58,000, you know, she was willing to drop it for control. Like now, um, whoever signs the child up for the activity, it doesn't have to be agreed upon because they're never going to agree on this kind of stuff. Right. Um, it's just whoever signs them up is the one that's financially responsible. Now, how does it work with, um, first of all, I think that's a load of crap how it was before that. And I think that that's crappy that the magistrate did that too. 
Um, mm -hmm. I mean, she could have signed them up for violin lessons and all that stuff and taken them out for all you know. Oh, yeah. They were in activities six days a week. We didn't get home until 7.30 every single day of the week except Wednesday. Well, that, that was my next question is, I know in my court papers, it's I can't sign my son up for anything that's going to take away his dad's time unless his dad agrees to it. Yeah, no, we, I mean, there's, I don't, I don't think that we're any, in, under any sort of obligation to take the kids to activities during our time with them on our weeks, mm -hmm. um, but they enjoy them. So we do it anyway. And it's the, one of the boys, the middle boy is not doing any activities right now. He's the one that's, that's thinking about starting baseball. The youngest only does um, an activity one day a week, but there was a time where both of them were doing two. And then the girl, her gymnastics is four hours, three times a week, but it used to be three hours, four times a week. So it's 12 hours a week. Is she going to the Olympics? Girl, you would think so. I mean, the way they run these kids, I, I can't believe, I mean, I love her to death and she is, she is good at what she does. She is nowhere close to being a professional. And I don't feel like it's it's worth the time and money commitment to go, you know, states away for these competitions so that, that she can do a, a cartwheel in South Carolina. Right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But she loves it. And, and I think, and, you know, she, we've gone through this period over the last uh, year or so where she never wants to go. She, all she talks about is gymnastics. She lives and breathes it. She does all her school reports on gymnasts and, but when it comes down to actually going, she cries and throws fits and will come up with any excuse in the book. I'm tired. My stomach hurts. I have a headache. I mean, whatever she can think of that will get her out of it. Um, and she will just cry and cry, you know, before she's got to go. And I, I've, I've told her and her therapist has talked about this. I've talked about it with her. We're like, do you feel like you have to go? Because mom was a gymnast. So it's kind of like that living vicariously. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's that for the longest time, we thought that that mom was pushing it and that, um, you know, it wasn't really something she wanted to do, even though she loves it. I think that it's just too much. And she's finally, she's admitted to me and her therapist that it is too much, but that if she cuts back her hours, she's going to get kicked off the competition team. Um, ah. Her mom will get upset by that. Right. So. But again, I mean, she, they, they don't, they don't want to upset their mother. She, they would never, they would, or at least the oldest doesn't the girl, the boys will tell her if they don't want to do something, but the daughter is, she, she's got a lot of weight on her shoulders and a lot of responsibility. And she's, she knows that she's at least in part responsible for her mother's emotional well being. I think all the kids feel that to an extent. Mm -hmm. They, they said it in our social investigation report that, you know, they worry about her a lot and they've, they've told us that. And it's crazy because ever since, and, and they've, they've told us, you know, we, you and daddy are married. So you have each other when we're not with you. We're not, we're not worried about you because you have each other. Um, now she's got her geriatric boyfriend. Exactly. And now, and now that, you know, the kids, they, they, they seem lighter now and, and it's been awesome to see. Um, that, that, that they don't have that worry. I, I think, I think they sensed that their mom's happiness revolved completely around whether they were with her or not. Mm -hmm. Um, but, but I also know that they realize that there are things wrong with their mother. They're, right. you know, they've, they've told me things that I certainly didn't realize about my mother at eight, you right. know? Yeah. So, um, so there's two bio moms. Mm -hmm. So the, 
youngest, his, so that's the Jerry Springer story I was, was going to tell you about earlier. Um, so like I said, I met my husband at work and he, well, he claims that he was intimidated by me, but I just thought he was like a really shy person. So we worked together for several months um, and had never spoken. And he, he was, I was working um, as a front desk manager at a hotel uh-huh. and he was um, the hotel engineer. They had just built this hotel. So he was kind of going, basically being the jack of all trades at that time. Uh-huh. Um, so one day uh, he came into my office and was installing like a cashier's uh, drawer into my desk uh-huh. and we got to talking and he basically made sure to drag his installation job into like a three hour thing. And we talked the entire time. He told me about, you know, his divorce had only been finalized about six months before they had been separated for, you know, over a year and a half, but it had just ended. So he's telling me about, you know, his crazy ex-wife and his three kids and how he's finally out of court. And then he just gets really quiet and he starts to tell me something and he's like, never mind. And I'm like, come on, I, you know, I'm a stranger. We just met a couple hours ago. You can tell me, I'm not going to judge you. Or we don't even know each other. Uh-huh. So he said, um, I just found out that this girl I've been kind of casually seeing is pregnant <gasps> with my kid. And I'm absolutely devastated. I'm not ready for another child. Um, I don't want this baby. I don't really like this woman. Um, she, you know, it was a rebound. She, she was a rebound. Um, And she told him apparently that she couldn't have kids. So they weren't using any sort of protection, which is my husband's own fault. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard considering this woman already had a child. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's, that's my, my husband being an idiot. But, um, so I remember thinking at that point in the conversation, like, oh man, I, I really liked this guy. But as soon as he dropped that bomb, I'm like, absolutely not. Not to mention I was with another man at the time. I was engaged, actually. Okay. So um, a couple months go by, and I basically fall madly in love with him, and I broke up with my significant other, and he he had he didn't even really need to break break up with the woman that he was with because it was just like a casual thing. I mean, she knew he didn't want the baby, but she was still set on keeping it, um, and that he's not a deadbeat father, you know, that he was going to do his part. Um, so we had been dating about let's see three months when that baby was born and that was the hardest day of my life so far I think it was brutal Uh I mean you know the feeling like I when you meet someone and they already have kids you assume that you're going to be the mother of their next kid you know right so it was really hard to to send him off to go you know watch his his newest child be born um but and and it was hard. It was so hard for the first couple of years. My husband, um, I, I think both of us had a really hard time connecting with that baby um, because it wasn't something that either of us wanted. And I know this is going to make us sound like terrible people, but after about a year, we stopped taking him every other weekend um, for, I think, three months. And, and he just told the mom, I, I need time to think about this. I feel like I'm not bonding with him. I'm not doing right by him. Meanwhile, she's She's moved on um, with another guy who he was calling dad, who the, the, bo- the little boy was calling daddy. So my husband started to think, you know, maybe he'd be better off if, if, if this guy was his, was his dad. And um, so then after a few months, he, he had a conversation with the bio mom and, and 
you know, was basically like, maybe this, maybe your new boyfriend would be a better dad than I could be to this boy. And I don't feel like I have a connection with him. And she called him right out and was like, you haven't tried. And we, within a couple of weeks, we both, my husband and I were like, we can't do this to this kid. Neither of us have had present fathers. And we're basically condemning this baby who didn't ask to be born to, to share the same faith that we did. Mm-hmm. And right now, when he's this young, is the time to jump back into his life and not be the deadbeat parent, you know? Mm-hmm. And so we did. And it's so crazy because from the week, from that, from that first week that we started taking him again, it's been completely different. We, the, the rese- it's almost like we, since we got to make the decision about having him in, a, in our lives. I mean, she gave, she gave him the option to, to you know, y- you need to let me know, but you don't have to be, you don't have to be there for him. Right. So it was almost like the fact that my husband had the option, you know, he got his head out of his ass and was like, I need to be a dad to this kid. And it's been so different ever since. And I love that little boy now. And so does he. That's awesome. So I know, I, I, I can't imagine. I can't imagine the group without him. Um, but it was definitely a rocky start. It was really hard trying to, it was like having, I mean, it's like having any stepkid, but it, to my husband, it felt like it was his stepkid. He's just handed a baby. Here, you've got to love this thing. Yeah. You know? And thank God, because of the way that my relationship is with, with bio mom number one, bio mom number two is just cool as a cucumber. She is awesome. She is go with the flow. They figure things out as it happens. I am actually the one to go pick him up every, every other Friday. Um, cause she lives like an hour and a half away from us. Oh wow. And it's always been so normal. I, I go pick him up from her and her, she's engaged to the guy that, that, that she was dating, um, in the other part of that story. And he's great. It's not awkward. You know, we exchange a funny story about him. The whole thing lasts like five minutes and I can text her pictures of the kids I can, we're friends on Facebook. I mean, it's, it's how I imagined the bio mom, stepmom relationship to be. Mm-hmm. And I was so naive when I first became a stepmom because I was thinking, even though my husband is telling me all the, the crazy stuff his, his ex-wife did, I, I was thinking like, oh, I'm just going to kill her with kindness. She, there's no reason for her not to like me. You know, we're going to get along great. I'm going to make this woman like me. Right. And oh, if I could go slap that naive Courtney from three years ago. <laughs> Girl, we all have that naive person that was in our past that we thought just that the blend was, it was might not have been easy, but it was going to be okay. It, we were good. I know. It's so crazy, the, thing, the things that you don't think about mm-hmm. going into it. I mean, I didn't think about, looking back, I mean, anything. Every feeling and emotion I've had since becoming a stepmom has not been one that I thought would happen. Right. Like mourning the first family. I didn't even think about that till I was already married. Sorry, you didn't think about what? Mourning the first family, like realizing that you're not going to be the one to tell your husband that he's going to be a father or share that first, you know, you're not the first wife. Uh-huh. So, but none of that, somehow none of that was anything that I thought about before, before getting married. Well, you know, I don't know why, but I didn't really think of things that way. Maybe it's because I had already had my son and I knew David and I weren't going to have any kids together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we'll joke around and he'll say something about, yeah, me and the kids went to Pigeon Forge. And I was like, you should have told me that before. That's where we had our honeymoon, you know, just <laughs> whatever, yeah. you know, things like that. Um, I, I guess I just look at it as it's a first for us. 
Exactly. And, and that's, that's how you have to look at it to avoid going crazy. I mean, my, my husband had already had this big extravagant wedding, um, you know, the first time around, which is crazy because about a year after we got married, I found out that the very same room that he got married in was the same room that we held my mother's funeral in about two years apart. Oh no, that's kind of weird. That, uh, that beach club shares holds some bad memories for both of us. <laughs> But, um, that, so that's why we, that's one of the main reasons I didn't want a wedding. You know, we eloped, we, we got married at the courthouse on a Thursday morning at like nine 30 and then jetted off to Mexico for the weekend. And I wanted it to be something that was the first for both of us. And he had never eloped and neither had I. So now had you been married before? No. Okay. I was engaged before that one time, but, but no, never married. Now you also mentioned that you were a stepkid. Uh, Yes on both sides. Um, my mom, I'm sorry, my dad was married to my stepmom um, within, I think, six months to a year after my parents got divorced. And since I only saw him twice a year, they were already together uh, by the time I had my first visitation with him. So I've always been a stepkid on that front. And how old were you then? Four, or I guess I was five. Okay. I was four and a half when we got divorced. Um, and you know, my, my sisters and I talk about it a lot. They, they were both older than me. My, my middle sister was, I guess, seven or eight. My oldest sister was 12. So they kind of understood more of what was going on than I did. I always thought my stepmom was excited to see us. And, and, you know, she looked forward to us being there. Um, and my older sister got the impression that we were a burden and that she just kind of wanted to get that week of the year over with. Um, and she would never admit that. I mean, I've, I've straight up asked her now as a step parent, like, did that suck right. when we came and ran your house, three little girls came and ran your house for, you know, a week and she'd never admit it. But I always thought that we had a great relationship and I still have a great relationship with her now. I, you know, we talk on the phone at least probably once a month. I don't speak to my father and I haven't in, in years, but I've always kept a relationship with my stepmom. Um, especially now that she's, she's, you know, the only mom that, that I'll ever have besides my mother-in-law who also is amazing. Um, but then I was also a stepkid on my mom's side. She was married. She got married to a man when I was 10 and was married to him till I graduated high school. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, w my sisters and I were never a fan of him. He just, he just wasn't a good husband to my mom. Like he lied a lot. He I don't feel like he ever tried to bond with us. But again, now as a step parent, I'm like, God, we were little shits to him. <laughs> Three of you. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and then when they got a divorce, my mom got remarried again uh, when I was like 20s, early 20s. Um, and she was married to him for about five years until she died. Um, and... I still consider her my stepdad, but it's different because I never had, or I lived in Tennessee, I, you know, several States away the whole time that she was with him. So I had only met him like five times and we never really had a relationship. And then after she passed away, I think he realized that we were essentially orphans and, and tried to step in and be our dad and not having that, that family history and those memories, that connection is just kind of weird. So it's fizzled out a little bit over the last six years, but yeah. Cause it comes across as the dirty old man. Right. Yeah. Um, and he's, he's absolutely not a dirty old, dirty old man, but he's also, uh, really judgmental. And that's, I think the main reason that I, that I don't have 
a close relationship with him. I think he's, I feel like he's always judging me. His own kids don't ever like introducing him to his, to their significant others mm-hmm. because he's so judgmental. I think he's met my husband like twice ever. And he just doesn't, I feel like he doesn't really put in, I, I don't know. I don't know what it, I don't know, really know what his problem is, but it seems like ever since I've, I've become a step parent, got married, um, we just don't really have as close of a relationship anymore. I don't feel like he accepts my life. Right. So do you still talk to him, the stepdad? Every now and again. It's, we, we recently had something of a falling out. Well, one of my, my sisters had a falling out with him, and she said to him while they were fighting, this is why Courtney and our other sister don't like you, because you're just so judgmental. So she totally threw me under the bus. Uh-huh. I texted him, and I was like, look, that was her saying that. Um, I, I, th- th- this isn't how I feel about you. And he just said, it's okay, we'll talk soon. And that was six months ago, and I haven't talked to him at all. So I honestly don't know where we stand. It's, it's kind of a weird, a weird thing. Yeah. I feel obligated to have a relationship with him because he doesn't have my mom anymore, and we're, only, we're like his only connection to her. But I've never really had a desire to, to be particularly close with him. So Yeah, because y'all never really had the chance to get close. Right. You know, we met as adults, and... Mm-hmm. and uh, we'd never even had a conversation by ourselves until my mom died. Wow. Now, your biological father, you said you don't talk to him. No. Why is that? He's just not a good parent. I mean, he never he never wanted to, you know, see us as kids. He didn't ever try to have us for more time than he was allotted two weeks out of the year. Um, he pushed, pushed us off on our stepmom. Um, he was very hard to get along with. He's very hot-headed. He, you, you can't say anything to him without him getting angry. Um, he abused my mom. Um, so he just is never, and, and I honestly feel like he's, I can't remember if it's a sociopath or a psychopath, but I, he's one of the, he's whichever one is where they don't feel emotions the same way that the rest of us do. Like, I feel like he's emotionally stunted. He can't identify with other people's emotions. Mm -hmm. He just doesn't get it. Like, I don't even think that aspect of it is his fault. I really don't think he understands how most people feel um, in general. And so it's always been really hard to connect with him. Um, And he's just always been the type of where if you're not a lawyer or a doctor and become rich, then you are nothing. And, you know, none of my sisters and I became lawyers or doctors. and my uh, older oldest brother did become an accountant like my dad. So he's the only acceptable brother. Mm-hmm. And then my other brother literally couldn't live under the pressure anymore and killed himself. And my dad had a lar- large part to do with that because um, my stepmom told me that my little brother left a bunch of emails to his childhood best friend, basically saying that he couldn't live under my father's dictatorship anymore. Oh no. I know. And I think that's really, you know, put a wrench in his relationship with my stepmom because I think that she at least feels that he's in part responsible. Um, and my my dad has no idea that my stepmom and I even ever talk. That's like a big secret. Like she'll she'll like go for a, she'll like walk her dogs and like secretly call me while she's on her <laughs> walk. And she's like, "All right, well, I'm getting up to the house and your dad's home, so I gotta go." Don't want to upset dad. No, I know. And I, and I think in a weird way, he would be upset because he doesn't understand why I want a relationship with her and not him. Right. He genuinely doesn't get it. He, he sees no fault in himself. So is he narcissistic? Very much so. At the textbook. And, you know, that's, that's actually how um, 
bio mom is too. And, you know, she had been diagnosed with borderline personality disorder um, when she was married to my husband. And I remember I had never even heard of a personality disorder. I thought narcissistic was like a joke you say whenever someone's really self-centered. Uh-huh. I had no idea the scope of the whole cluster B personality disorder uh, branch. And so I began to do a ton of research. And by the way, to anyone who has a crazy bio mom, the book, um, Say Goodbye to Crazy uh-huh. by Dr. Tara, I don't know how to say her last name, it's like Palmatier or something, uh-huh. is the most amazing book. I laughed and cried my entire way through and, I, and it made me finally feel like I wasn't the crazy one. It's th- these, these personality disordered people are no joke. They will wreck your life, you know, with no conscience. And, you know, some of the stuff she pulled, she, she got the kid. When I first met my husband, I don't know if this was she was enraged that he was with me or if she was enraged that he was having another child with another woman. I don't know what it was. But within a couple months of, of meeting me, she um, hired a private detective, convinced a judge that my husband was an alcoholic and got the kids taken away for a year and a half. Wow. So we only just got back the 50-50 custody uh, last like not like May of 2019, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, and immediately, immediately upon that getting reinstated, it was something else, more custody, more child support. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it was constant. I think we've had some sort of court appointment or motion being filed on us every other month for three years. So that is why, you know, what's happening now, the last month and a half is the first time I felt like I've been able to breathe in three years. Cause there's, there's nothing coming our way. And in one sense, it's like so spooky because it feels like the calm before a storm. Uh-huh. I don't know what she could possibly be brewing right now. I hope it's nothing. I hope she's genuinely happy. And that's, you know, that's, it'll at least give us some peace for a while. I hope she stays with this guy and you know, they fulfill each other. And well, you'll know if they split up when she starts acting crazy again. Oh my God. I know. And I really, really, uh, am dreading that moment, but um, I, we both, my husband and I both decided as scary as that thought is, and as scary as not knowing what's coming, we're absolutely going to savor, you know, however long this lasts, because it is, it has been life changing to not have to worry. Yes. I know the feeling, um, I'm going to say probably the first eight years of my son's life, I was in court, seemed like constantly, um, stopped for a year or two, then started back again. And it's so stressful. So stressful. Emotionally, financially, whatever yeah. whatever other Lee we can think of. It's just yep. insanely. <laughs> yes, exactly. It put me in therapy, I'll tell you that much. Although I think everyone should be in therapy, so that's not I'm not saying you only need it if you're in court, but it did me did me wonders in being able to control my my anger, I mean, my, my anger about the whole situation really like, I mean, messed up my life. Yeah. I could not understand why someone was doing this to us. Why, how someone could be so mean, honestly, mm-hmm. mean and vindictive. And it's crazy because everything, every, ever since everything's been better, I, my, my, my like bone chilling hatred towards this woman has just evaporated. I don't feel it anymore. That is great. He and I texted. I, I had to. I had to call her for a hail mary because I was. I'm. I'm the one that takes the kids to school every morning, and 
I had to be at work early one day and I didn't have time to take one, the, the, this, my stepdaughter to gymnastics on time and get the other two kids to school. And it, it was this hot mess. So I ended up having to call her and ask her to meet me and, and, and take one of the kids from me. And it was so normal. And I just was like, you know, we had a little text conversation afterward about, about starting over and, at, you know, with a clean slate. And I genuinely hope that that, that happens because all I've wanted is a relationship with her like I have with the other bio mom. Right. You know, I just want, no, I, I want things to be normal. We don't have to be friends, but I don't want to feel like there's a private investigator going through my garbage or that I'm going to catch you using my husband's social security number again, or that I'm going to feel stalked online or that I'm going to find on our security cameras you sneaking around our house. Girl. Yeah. Mm. See, you know, we live in South Carolina. You get shot for that mess. Oh my God. I, honestly, if we had been home, I don't, I don't think I would have been able to, I mean, we've had to put no trespassing orders on her twice. And both times the judges said it was ridiculous and made us take it away. <laughs> I know. I'm like, dude, you, you need to see the videotapes of how this goes on. She, she literally kidnapped her children for me one time and I had to call the police. Well, I didn't call the police. My husband did, but I mean, and, and the older daughter, my, my stepdaughter did not want to go. She was screaming and crying and begging me not to make her go. And it was like the most heartbreak. I was crying too. Yeah. And meanwhile, she's screaming at my door, you come out and talk to me or I'm not leaving. And I'm like, I fear confrontation more above anything else. And so I'm like, I am absolutely not, not going to go out in front of my neighbors who have already seen more embarrassing stuff than I care to even share on here. I'm not going to go out there in my pajamas at nine o'clock in the morning and, you know, have it out with this woman in front of the kids. So, I mean, there have been so many situations where I've like been genuinely scared because I don't know. I mean, she's been Baker acted. She's, you know, threatened suicide. She's broken down doors in this house. Plus Baker acted. It means that the, you, you have, you, the state mandates that you have to spend 72 hours in a mental institution. Okay. Um, I don't know why it's called the Baker act, but basically like my husband had to call the cops on her in one of her little fits. Um, and she was like trying to break down their windows or something so the cops can uh, demand that she spend 72 hours in psychiatric care. Okay. And she's been in and out of rehab and on and off drugs her, her entire adult life. So, I mean, that scares me too. Yeah. And, but that's always been what she's accused me of. Somehow it, it turned into this projection of I'm, I'm some sort of drug addict too. Well, it's easy for them to make up stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And my husband has also had, um, you know, some addiction issues in his past. Um, and so it's, you know, it, it's, I, I think, I think that she's one of those people where it's addiction has been so close to her in so many different ways for so long that mm -hmm. like, if anybody has more than one glass of wine, they're an alcoholic. Right. But I mean, it's, it is what it is. I, I, I honestly even feel bad talking about the past because I'm so excited about how things are now. Um, and I really hope that it, that it stays this way. It's, I, I cannot tell you the difference in my life it's made. I can sleep again. Yes. And sleep is very important. So important. So you have pretty good relationships with the stepkids. Mm-hmm. Do you discipline them? Do you leave the parenting up to the dad? Oh, I, for, it's hard because I'm with them, uh, on my own a lot. Like over the summer, every other week I had to take off work to stay home and watch them because their, you know, daycares mm -hmm. were shut down because of the virus. Um, so 
during those times, yeah, I mean, I have, I have to discipline them, I feel like, because I'm the only one there. Um, but, you know, after listening to your podcast for such a long time, I have taken a giant leap back because I used to think that the role of step parent was you are, the, you are now a parent. You are now, it's your responsibility to make sure these kids turn out okay. It's your responsibility to do everything that their parent does for them. And I'm not going to lie, the first time I heard your podcast, I was offended. I was like, absolutely not. I could never not do all the things I do for my stepkids. <laughs> this is not going to happen. And then within a couple months, because I still kept listening, because I was like, maybe she's onto something. I was like, oh my God, they're not my kids. <laughs> they're not my kids. I don't need to do half the stuff I've been doing. And now my very favorite thing in the world to say is go ask your dad. Yes. I say that. And, and normally I follow it with, because you're not going to like my answer. Because typically, if I say, go ask your dad, it means I'm going to say no. You know, if it's something little, can I have a piece of candy for dessert? Yeah, sure. But if it's something that I would say no to or something that, because again, I don't want it since I'm not their parent, I don't feel like I should ever have to be the bad guy. Mm -hmm. So I feel like I'm perfectly within my rights to be able to be like, no, nah, I don't want to say no to that and be the mean stepmom. So no, go ask your dad. I know he's going to say no too, but at least I don't have to be the one to do it. Right. Yeah. Take that target off your back, girl. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I find it funny that you continue to listen to the podcast, even though you thought that it was crazy. Yeah. Well, because it had such good reviews and everyone was listening to it. And even in these step parenting groups I was in on Facebook, everyone would use the phrase nacho. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what does that even mean? And I looked it up and realized that you, that you guys were the ones that invented it, that it was your thing, but it has become like a verb now that, that <laughs> stepmoms everywhere use. And so um, with, with so many other people, you know, backing you and saying that this is the way to go, I was like, well, obviously she, you know, she's, she's got a lot of supporters and a lot of followers. So I, I stuck with it and it finally, you know, sunk into my lizard brain that this, this is what I need to do. <laughs> and um, it's made it so much better. And I'm fully aware that there's going to, a day is going to come because the kids, you know, aren't preteens or teenagers yet, but the nine-year-old's going on 19 and <laughs> I am so aware that there, that a day is going to come where I'm going to have to completely not show. And I dread the day, but I feel like since I'm prepared now while they're young, it's going to be easier. I, I don't have to search for the answer when the time comes. I already know what it is. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Uh, Cause I think I would have driven myself crazy for years. I don't know how long it would have taken me to find the answer had I waited until I, you know, was ready to get a divorce. Yeah. But I got really lucky in the, in the marriage department. My husband backs me a thousand percent. I, I would not ever do this again with anybody. Uh, he is like, you know, the bread to my butter and I wouldn't, I wouldn't do it with anyone else. He's amazing. That's so sweet. It is. It is. He's like the perfect husband. I mean, obviously nobody's perfect, but for me, it's, he backs everything I do. He never, he never try. Like if ever I tell him something about his kids, he doesn't immediately defend them. He doesn't, you know, d he, he's just on board where he's a hundred percent on my side all the time, period. He even tries to say when he doesn't want to say nothing, he's like, well, go ask Courtney. And I'm like, don't you dare mm -hmm. go ask your dad again. Yeah. <laughs> He, he, he wants them. He, he has that syndrome where like he wants us to be a first family. Mm -hmm. Like he wants the kid. He used to like press them anytime the kids in the very beginning, before we were ever even engaged, his kids wanted to call me mom. 
Oh. And he like celebrated it and congratulated that like, you know, made a big deal out of it. And I was like, shut up because you're making it weird now. Yeah. You know, of course, BM catches wind of it. She's absolutely hideously furious, makes, you know, the stepdaughters in tears over this because her mom makes her feel so guilty. And that never happened again. But there, there are little things like that where, I, where my husband in the beginning, you know, had not, he hadn't mourned the idea of the first family too. Right. He wanted us this big cohesive like you're the mom I'm the dad and these are our kids as long as we're all together in this house that's how it's going to run and I think it took him a long time to kind of get over that too I'm not the mom they don't have to like me they do but I could do something wrong and they could decide they don't like me you are always going to be their dad and they're always going to have love for you but not me I can't be the bad guy and just keep that you know we don't have the biological bond right you mentioned earlier about kids. Do you want kids? Oh my God, I could do a whole podcast just on that. Okay, folks, stay tuned to next week when we talk to Courtney about having kids. <laughs> I mean, when we first met, I absolutely wanted kids. I want. I realized, you know, he had four. I'm fine with just having having one and, and being done. And it was something that really tore me up for the first couple of years. Like I couldn't even watch someone be pregnant on TV. Because I knew the timing wasn't right. We, you know, with all this stuff in court, we didn't even get a moment to breathe. So we both knew that, it, that you know, that this is not good right now. And then I started going to nursing school. Um, and after this court, this mediation that just happened like a couple months ago, he called me and he's like, let's have a baby. Like right now, this is the perfect time. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be great. This is all over. You know, we're financially free of her. Let's do it. Let's have a baby. And I'm like, yes, absolutely. So I got off my birth control. And within two weeks, I was like having panic attacks every night about it. (laughs) And I'm like, man, first of all, I'm in school right now. And this is kind of is terrible timing because I feel like if I got pregnant, I'd have to quit school. And while I could go back, I'd probably get stuck in the baby bubble and end up being some sort of stay-at-home parent, which is not what I want. Um, and also I'm terrified of being pregnant and also I'm terrified of being a parent, which I wasn't before, but now that I know what it's like, and now that I know, I mean, since I've got kids 50% of the time, I like relish my freedom so much mm-hmm. that I'm having a hard time imagining giving that up. Right. So now it's this weird thing. I've got back on my birth control because I finally, you know, came, came clean to my husband about this and was like, I can't just not right now, you know, maybe when I'm finished with school in a couple years, but, um, I don't know. I don't, I, I keep, I I like have this battle where I'm on one hand, you've got to figure out a way to just be happy with having stepkids because you have the best of both worlds. You're a parent half the time and not a parent the other 50% of the time. And then there's the other part of me that's like, it's not the same. It'll never be the same. So yeah, it's, it's not the same. No, you can love those stepkids with every bit of your heart, but it's different when you have your own. Yeah. And they're always going to have a mom. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I mean, not trying to put a dark cloud over your relationship or anything, but if something ever did happen with you and your husband, the probability of you being a part of those kids' lives is slim. I said that exact thing to my husband like three nights ago. I was like, look, one of the reasons why I feel like such a need to have a baby is because first of all, I'm not going to have any kids in my life if something happens to you. And second of all, you're probably going to die before me because you're nine years older. So then I'm going to have nothing left of you, which is so morbid to say, but it's true. It is true. So, I mean, 
you know, just because he's nine years older than you doesn't mean he's going to die before you, but still. <laughs> no, right. I know. But like, statistically speaking, he's a man and he's older. He's probably going to die before me. And I don't and want to be. he's got four kids. So, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't want to be one of those people that's just, you know, alone in their old age. Yeah. So that's a, a big factor for me, too. But well, here's the thing, though. I mean, you can pro and con it all day long. Um, you can actually have a kid and still end up a lonely old person because they won't have anything to do with you. Exactly. Um, there's no guarantee with that. My son has told me that as soon as the opportunity presents itself, he's putting me in a home. Was <gasps> he serious or just kidding? He better be kidding. Okay. Cause I told my mom that once, but I was completely joking and she knew it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we do cut up a good bit. So there's yeah. no telling, but I mean, he did flat out say, I have no desire to wipe your butt. And, um, I said, well, I didn't really have a desire to wipe yours when you were little either. Right. <laughs> so, um, you know, we'll see what happens there, but yeah, it is, it's something that I am blessed to have had my son. He is definitely a blessing. He was a surprise mm -hmm. and I wouldn't change anything. Now there's days, girl, that I'm like, I'm going to ring him upside the head. Yeah. Because they will get on your nerves. Uh-huh. And you might argue with them and fight with them. And then you go and find a picture of when they were a baby. And it's like, oh. <laughs> I bet. I still feel that way with, with, you know, the younger two of my stepkids. I mean, the first one, the, my youngest, I was, I've been in his life since he was born. Yeah. But I also will say that having him less less time, you know, we only have him every other weekend. And then my youngest stepson with the first bio mom, he's going to be five in a month. But when I met him, he had just turned one. So, I mean, he couldn't even talk. Oh, yeah. And so I always thought that, you know, the, the two youngest boys that I would have the closest relationship with them. And it, that has been the exact opposite. Um, you know, they both have moms and they, they oh, my God, my, my youngest, my Second to youngest stepson is so embarrassing. We have a fine relationship at home. We get along. He's excited to see me when I get home. But for some reason, when I drop him up and pick him up, drop him off or pick him up from school, he pretends like he doesn't know me. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. Like I've had to come to his school and drop stuff off and he won't even look me in the eye or like acknowledge my presence. And I just want to die because I also don't know what bio mom has said about me to, to these these teachers, the people at the school, it's a very small private school community. Right. I'm like, oh God, she probably told him I beat their, I beat the kids. And then I come in and he, you know, his eyes down. Like he's been, like I have been beating him his whole life. And I'm like, God, this is so embarrassing. That's so funny. Cause I know, um, one of the things that David and I noticed was if we went to an event for his kids and the bio mom was there, they pretty much ignored him unless he, you know, went up to him. Oh, the, they ignored their dad? Yeah, it was because they didn't want to hurt her feelings or they didn't. It was her time, not their dad's. So they were kind of conflicted. And it's not that they didn't love their dad, but it hurt him because he would. He would just like ignore or they would just like ignore us. Yeah, my my stepkids, um, you know, they don't at, at sporting events and everything. They, they, I, they don't ignore us, but they are never we are never the first people they go up to. Like if one of them gets an award, they're running straight to their mom to say hi first. Because they know that we're, and I'm assuming, this is assuming, they never said this, but I think it's because they know that we're not going to be upset if they go to their mom first, but their mom will be upset if exactly. they go to their dad first. She needs that 
number one spot in their lives mm-hmm. and they sense it. I mean, they, yeah. and I think that, that that puts so much stress on my stepdaughter, at least. I mean, like I said, she's in some ways, she is like an infant emotionally. And in other ways, she's so wise and tries to parent her brothers that it's like this weird paradox. I don't even know how to describe it, but she has the weight of the world on her shoulders. She can be a total Eeyore sometimes because she gets into these funks and she won't talk to anybody about them. Mm -hmm. And I just have a feeling that she's going to be an extremely like moody teenager. Mm -hmm. And I, I truly believe it's because she has her mom's entire emotional happiness on her shoulders. Yes. And just in the last six months or so, she started to kind of outwardly admit that maybe her mom isn't perfect. And it's been crazy to watch, to watch that progression. Um, I mean, there have been times where she's straight up said, I'm not going with mommy. I don't want to go. Right. Or, you know, gotten mad at her mom for things. Like her mom used to be the straight up paparazzi. Like she would start filming my husband the second that he got out of the car for drop off <laughs> to like see if anything went wrong, you know, or because they met up at a dangerous location, i.e. the front of our neighborhood. Yeah. Um, but so the one time my stepdaughter, you know, got out of the car and, and saw her mom jump out of her car with her video camera on and she was so disgusted she got back in the car yeah she was embarrassed yeah and i don't blame her dude i oh god i'd be so embarrassed some of the stuff this woman does but again there's only parts of it i feel like the only reason why they know that some of the things she does are not normal is because she has the example that my husband and i set like she told me the other day something that absolutely broke my heart she said we were talking about genetics and she was like so am I more my mom or my dad? And I was like, well, scientifically speaking, you're, you know, exactly 50-50. And she's like, yeah, but I'm talking about like, what do you think? Like, am I more like my mom or my dad? And I'm thinking like 100% your dad, but I, I, I would never say anything bad about their mom to them, mm-hmm. you know? And so I was like, well, you know, honey, I don't really know your mom all that well. So I, re- I really couldn't say. I've always kind of thought you were a lot like your dad, but, you know, I, I don't know your mom well. I can't really make that decision. And she was like, I really hope I'm more like daddy because mommy is, isn't patient with us and yells all the time. And I'm like, oh my God, I never heard her speak an ill word of her mother before. Mm-hmm. And it, it blew my mind because I thought that would be something that would never happen. I thought, I thought she would be the child that would have her mom's back forever. Right. And now I'm starting to wonder if, you know, I don't know, it's, it's going to be really hard for her once she realizes the full extent of, of what's going on. Right. And, but I'm hoping that, She'll, with the mom having a boyfriend now, that some of that weight will come off of your stepdaughter. Absolutely. And I think it has. I think it has. Like I said, the kids are just seem lighter. They seem like it's not all their responsibility to make mommy happy. Right. And even if the ex is the one that started the motion with the court or y'all did, it doesn't really matter. Even she was probably feeling some stress about that too. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I think she was, especially after the social investigation thing came out, because I think she had her parents who were paying for all this. I think she had them convinced that Ian was um, a terrible father, mm-hmm. uh, a deadbeat, you know, didn't pay for anything, d- a complete alcoholic, you know, whatever the case was. And so when we finally had this woman come in and be like, well, no, he's not at all a bad parent. In fact, in X, Y, and Z, he's a better parent than than you are. I think she was really embarrassed about about that report. I would have been if I had wasted 15 grand on that with my parents' money and then nothing had been proven and it actually kind of backfired on me. I'd be super embarrassed. 
Um, but you said you said your husband's name a minute ago. Is that okay? Oh yeah, Ian. Okay. Yeah, that's I just want to make sure. Yeah, <laughs> just make sure I didn't need to edit that out. He's jealous that I get to talk to you, and he doesn't. He listens to you guys too. Oh, does he? Mm-hmm. Shout out, Ian! Woo! Oh my God, he's gonna feel so famous. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, we are working on um, doing podcasts with more men because that's one of the requests we receive. He would be on that. He is a self-help podcast and fool. Okay, well, I am putting him on my list for our month of men. Yeah, he would love that. Great. Mm-hmm. So what is the biggest thing that you have learned through your journey as a stepmom? To let go of control, that there's no point in stressing out over the things that I can't control. There's no point in me stressing out about where the kids go to school, how they discipline, how often they brush their teeth. Mm-hmm. It's, it's nothing I can fix. And it's, it's up to their two parents to, to take care of. And I have to just stop caring. I remember you, I remember you said something about something your stepkids were doing that was driving you crazy. And you were like, I can either fix it or I can either forget about it and not, you know, there's no point in, in seeing a shirt on the floor and being like, go pick up your shirt. Mm-hmm. Either pick up your shirt yourself or let them have a messy room. And that has been a big thing for me to get over. Yes. And that's probably the most important. You know, we will drive ourselves crazy. You know that. Oh, I was doing a good job of it. Oh, yeah. And especially you were used to being by yourself. And exactly. getting married in itself adds responsibilities. There's somebody else leaving dirty crap everywhere. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you've got four stepkids. Yeah. Yeah. In the space of a year. I mean, it was it was crazy. Mm-hmm. I lost my mom, moved states, got married, and had four stepkids in one year. Ooh. It was a doozy. But girl, you have survived, you have thrived. That's exactly right. And I feel like, and I know it's a little early to be saying this, only three years in, but I kind of feel like I can see that light. It's an oncoming train, girl, run. (laughs) I know, I know, because I know the teen years are going to be such a nightmare, but I'm going to enjoy this next few months or however long by a mom's relationship lasts. Well, something you said earlier um, about a clean slate. And that's one of the first blogs that I wrote was about giving your stepkids a clean slate. Yeah. You know, don't carry yesterday's anger into today. Don't um, even your own hurts. Mm -hmm. You know, we have to give ourselves, our husbands, our stepkids, our own kids, even our bosses sometimes a clean slate. Because if we don't clean that slate, we end up carrying so much baggage and hurt with us that we're never going to be able to focus on anything good. Yeah, I totally agree. And I want, I absolutely want to be able to focus on the good because there is so much good in my life, like more than I could have hoped for. And being a step parent is absolutely not all bad. And it's not necessarily something I'd recommend to other (laughs) 27 year olds with no kids, but I mean, it's turned out really well for me. And I mean, my husband is worth dealing with 10 other kids for. So it's not, it's not ever something that I regret at all. Um, But it, but it, you, it's like you said, it's so important to clean slate and focus on the positive of mm-hmm. everything because you'll, you know, drive yourself crazy. Well, you remember this podcast in a couple of years when you start going through those teenage years. Yeah. You remember that it's a bit of a roller coaster like life is in general. Mm-hmm. But you've learned so much before you needed to use it that you've got a head start. 
Yeah. And I think that that's, you know, I, I hope I can remember in, you know, when the teen years began in like five years or so, how happy I was now and how certain I was that when the time comes, I'll be able to fully nacho and be this disengaged, awesome stepmom. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I hope I can remind myself of that. Well, I'm sure you can. And if you need help, you know, we're here. Exactly right. Well, Courtney, thank you so much for being a guest on our podcast. And in about five years, we'd like to have you back to see how things are going. <laughs> Absolutely. Hopefully I'll still be married. <laughs> yeah. And hopefully I'll still be alive. <laughs> right. Well, thank you again. And definitely we are hoping to talk to your husband as well. Yeah, sure. Let me know. He, he would love to be a part of this. Sounds good. All right. Thanks again, Lori. Thank you. During the interview, we talk about how the bio mom has a boyfriend now and how things have gotten better. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, they've already broke up. Uh-uh. The bio mom and her geriatric boyfriend have parted ways. <laughs> so anybody looking for a bio mom to make your day a little brighter, we have one that we would like to set you up with. So I sent her a private message. Who, Courtney or the bio mom? Courtney. <laughs> and I asked her, I said, just out of curiosity, I know it's only been a short time since we recorded your podcast interview, but are bio mom and boyfriend still together? She's like, no, girl. I'm like, ah. Uh. <laughs> so we're hoping that bio mom gets a boyfriend again soon. Okay. Because we all know that when Bio Mom has a boyfriend, she's not all up in your business. When Bio Mom's happy, everybody's happy. There you go. <laughs> and I really felt bad when Courtney said that she doesn't have a relationship with her father and that he's just not a good person. And I still cannot believe that he told her at her mom's funeral that he wishes he didn't have kids. He'd been laying in that casket with her. <laughs> Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Mm. She said he's very judgmental. Yeah. And as you heard in the interview, her brother committed suicide. Mm. And she feels a lot of it is because of the dad. Right. Because he is so judgmental. Oh, well, I'm sure it is. So she's got a lot of hurt with her dad. Mm-hmm. But luckily she has stepmom. Yep. Good old stepmom. Right. Anyway, y'all heard all that. But I just wanted to let y'all know that bio mom's still not together with the man. Probably good for him. Don't know. <laughs> oh, well. All right. So something we hadn't done in a while, switching gears here. Mm -hmm. We, we hadn't, um, hadn't read any of our reviews that come in. So you want to grab a few of them? You go right ahead. All right. So we'll start with CNN005 left us a review. And it is entitled, Disappointed. Uh-oh. So, um, I'm assuming it's a she. So, uh, she writes, I was hoping this would be a good podcast for me to relate to and get tips on step-parenting. Instead, it talked about how stepmoms are not really moms to the stepchildren and not even parents. <gasps> that they have no say. <gasps> I do not agree with this. Okay. Step-parents have a say. Okay. I live with my fiancé. And his daughter, I'm in her life every day, 24-7. Byron mom sees her every other Sunday. I have a right to parent her. Okay. Not showing's not for everybody. Nope. 
if your husband is fine, I'm sorry, if your fiance is fine with you parenting his daughter, have at it. Yeah. It's not causing you any stress. And there's no stress on the relationship or the family. Everything's working out fine for you. Then keep on doing what you're doing. Right. And I'm sorry that you were disappointed by listening to the podcast, but I don't know how many you'd listen to, but there are several guests that we have that don't nacho. Right. It's, it's not just you have to nacho to be a guest on the podcast. Right. And it's, it's like anything else. You look for those nuggets of wisdom that you can take away from it. But I will say, and I may offend a lot of people with this, but that's okay. I don't agree that you have a right to parent her. Nope. And guess what? You're not her mom. Legally, you have no rights to this child. You can't take the child to the doctor without the bio parent giving you permission. Yeah. And you may feel like by living with your fiance and her and being with her every day gives you input into things regarding her. We're sorry you're disappointed. Yeah, it's okay because there's a chance that you may come back around to this at some point and be like, oh, wow, I now need this. Didn't need it before. Mm-hmm. Do I do now. So at least you know it's out there. Yep. Um, because it, you won't be the first this come back and told us that first go around, they were not a fan. And then all of a sudden something happened, things changed. And then they were like, wow, um, yeah, I really need this now. So that's fine. It's not for everybody. And for those people who it is for, glad you're here. That's right. All right, moving on. So this one is Podcast 578. Um, she writes. You know. You know is the subject line. It says, great content. Love the podcast. Couldn't finish the Brady Bunch stepmom episode, though. If I had listened to the guest say, you know, one more time, I might have lost it. (laughs) Are you sure it wasn't me saying, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's we talk about this sometimes where you get locked in on this nervous tick of somebody and it, oh, drives me nuts. You've heard me probably say it before. We talked about the time that the ink pen in the church episode. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Once you focus on it, that's all you're going to hear. Yeah. So, you know, for those of you who don't. <laughs> you said you know. I, know. I did say you know. And see, now every time David says you know, I'm going to pay attention to it. So podcast 578 is like, no. Some people say, um, you know. Or uh, one that I always catch. Does that make sense? One that I always catch is right. Like you, right. It's like you finished. <laughs> it's like you finished every sentence with Right. Because I want to go, I don't know if you're right, or no, you're not right. But it's it's those things like that, the the finish the sentence with, you know, or right, or you understand what I'm saying. Those things like that, yeah. They, once you focus on them, you can't get rid of them. But, and now when I edit a podcast, I'm going to take out every you know. <laughs> <laughs> but this is this does teach us a good lesson, which is what you focus on, does stand out. It magnifies itself. Mm-hmm. When you listen to a podcast and then you get hooked on that person that keeps saying, you know, you know, you know, uh, it drives mm-hmm. you nuts. But we have a habit of doing the exact same thing within our relationships that we find those things that drive us crazy. And because we can't stop seeing it and hearing it, then we it just go, we just, ah, oh, it's fingernails on a chalkboard. And so part of what we do in the academy is teach you how to deal with those things because you might not be able to change the person from saying, you know, all the time. Right. So if you can't change that, you have to change 
something about yourself <laughs> or stop listening to that particular interview. But again, there's options there. But um, it, I think it does it does ring true that those things that you focus on do get larger and larger and larger. And we're glad that you enjoy the content. Yep. And I will be more attentive to <laughs> to the editing <laughs> to the editing to take out the repetitive words that people say when you know? they speak. You, you know? know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would drive me crazy. I say you know. <laughs> I know I say it. Uh, but anyway, I say, well, you know, I do. I know I do. Yep. Maybe it was you. I don't know. It might have been me. Sorry, Podcast 578. It <laughs> yeah. might have been her. But anyway, thanks for listening. Thanks for the review. Thank, yeah, thanks for the review. Because you did still leave five stars, which is fantastic. Because some people will pick out one little thing like that and then leave a one-star review. And I'm like, come on, really? Yeah, and Podcast 578, if you want to be a guest on the podcast, come on, girl. <laughs> How do you know it's a girl? I'm just guessing. All right. <laughs> it might be a man because they got annoyed by somebody saying, you know, you never know. Well, statistically, you probably are a female since, you know. The vast majority of you the just said you are. know again. Did I say it? You God, <laughs> maybe it was me in the podcast. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm not. We're going to go back and listen to that one and see how many you knows there are between me, you, and the interview person. <laughs> That'd be terrible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Who can guess how many you knows are in the Brady Bunch episode? <laughs> yeah. Was I was I in on that interview? You, no, but you probably did the intro and the outro. Okay. Gosh, maybe it was me. She's complaining about. <laughs> We apologize. Well, it says I uh, listen to the guests say, so maybe, I know, maybe I'm okay. Now I'm paranoid that I'm the one. All right. So moving on. I'm to, paranoid because I know I say it. This is the last one here. This is from, uh, what is that? Kitty four, Kitty four flit. Okay. <laughs> this person writes, uh, subject line, such a great podcast, a lifesaver. Woo-hoo. Five star review. Thank you. Um, I'm about to embark on my stepmother journey. As a child-free person from an intact family, I feel like I need to be as prepared as possible for this new life. You do. Yeah. I'm going to join the Academy once it's closer to the wedding and move-in date. I'd say join now. (laughs) We look forward to having you. Yeah. Such good advice and interviews. And Dave and Lori cracked me up with their bannering. (laughs) Especially during the quarantine, <laughs> I like to listen to podcasts when I work, and I really look forward to Fridays when a new podcast is released. Highly recommend and plan to join the Academy to pre-nacho before we get married. All you right. are a smart. It's super smart. I wasn't finished talking. <laughs> you are a smart person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> You're done now? Well, I just said smart and you interrupted. So, yeah. That's I want to tell them they're a smart person by... What else are you going to call them a smart? They're they're <laughs> learning to nacho before they have to nacho. Pre-nacho. So, this the funny thing is... Well, two things. One, let me, let me say this. The bantering is so funny because mm-hmm. people either love it or hate it. Mm-hmm. And we have... Of course, we have more people say they love the bantering between me and Lori. But we have some people who are just, I mean, they despise it. Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, like nails on the chalkboard. <laughs> like, don't even do another podcast episode. I hate the bannering. Just get to the interview. Right. <laughs> and it's like, wait a minute. You know, you can fast forward. You don't have to listen to it. <laughs> and I wish we could say, if you do not want to hear the banner, please fast forward to six minutes and 38 seconds. Yeah, no. But. Look, I ain't got time for all that. But anyway. That, <laughs> because then we'd have to go back and record after I edit. Yeah. So that, that aside, I'm glad you like the bannering because um, I do think it's important. People, Some people look at it as, as just 
nonsense, but there's there's actually a method to the madness, but I'm not going to get into that. Um, the other the thing, method is David is madness. <laughs> <laughs> the other thing is Lori and I have actually talked about having some kind of pre-marriage nacho course. Mm-hmm. And this is our clarification that it's something we need to do. Yeah. So I think, and maybe not even a course, maybe it needs to be almost like a challenge, like more than just a course. Ooh. It needs to be something where there's... Like my 30-day challenges. It needs to be handouts and homework and, yeah, there, we've got to do something with this because... You said we, so that means you got to help me. Because Kitty 4, <laughs> I think it's a great idea and I think it's needed and I wish we would have had it mm-hmm. before we got married. Uh, the fact that you're doing all this now, whoo, you you are going to be so far ahead of everybody else because most people don't come to us until they have problems. Right. You already see that there can be problems, and you're already going to look for ways to mitigate those before they even happen. So, no, I have to say that we have had several people join the academy, a good many that are very new to the blend, mm-hmm. or they are getting ready to get married and they know that that is something that changes the dynamics of the blend. That's true. And so they're wanting to get a heads up on how do I not let this go from good to bad? Yep. Yeah, that's true. So anyway, whenever you join Kitty, um, let us know, let us know that's you. And, um, and thanks to uh, all three of these people. This this is just the reviews that we've had um, in in the last couple of weeks or so. Uh, thanks. If you want to go and leave a review, please do so. If you're, you know, whatever app you're using, Apple Podcasts, whatever, uh, leave us a review. It helps everybody else that's, that's out there searching for content to uh, to decide whether or not they want to listen to this podcast and what it's all about. And and yes, some people aren't going to like it. They're going to be disappointed, like our first one was, and leave us a one star. And it makes me feel bad you're disappointed. I'm sorry. Yeah, it does. Uh, but it's not for everybody. We understand that. And right. uh, the good thing is... Um, CNN 005. The good thing is you're out there looking for help. So hopefully you'll find it. Uh, we have other podcasts where we interview people who have uh, other podcasts <laughs> about step family stuff. So l- check those out and you may find somebody else that you resonate with more. All right. So thank you again. CNN 005, Podcast 578, and Kitty for Flit for leaving your podcast reviews. We appreciate it. Thanks for those people who are going to do that right now. <laughs> maybe we'll read yours next. Yeah. So maybe at some point we'll have it where if we read your review, we'll send you a T-shirt or something like that. But Oh, or a squishy. Or a squishy. The unicorn squishy. The, I don't no, know. We're from, no, the right. stress squishy. Yeah, because you've got the Nacho Kids yeah. Academy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So maybe we'll do that. So yeah, but then we'll have to get their address, and they might not want to give us their address. Yeah, maybe not. Anyway, we'll figure something out, but we appreciate the time that you take to leave the review and we want to do something to, you know, to reward you for that. Yes. Thanks a lot. Anyway, that's our show for today, folks. Thanks for listening and we will catch you next Friday for a brand spanking new episode. So until then, remember, life is good when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.